Hey guys, thank you for checking out the P7 Podcast. My name is Seth Boyd. I'm the National Director for Project 7 Bible Clubs. We hope through this podcast, we can continue to help you unlock your faith, unleash truth, elevate Christ, and serve others. Now, in today's episode, I'm having a conversation with Nathan Santomieri, and we're going to talk about what it means to make disciples. Jesus gave us this challenge, and we have to respond in a practical way. So let's dive right in. So every every year we get asked uh, questions along the lines of growing your Project 7 Bible Club, reaching more people, um, how do I invite people to my church? The, the goal of Project 7 is never meant to just grow a club, have fun there, and then graduate and move on. The goal is to grow in relationship to, to Jesus and invite people to that spiritual journey. And so uh, it boils down to a question is, how do I make disciples? How do I, how do I um, invite people to my church and how do I invite people to P7 and get them interested in Jesus? What we're asking is, how do we make disciples? And so talk to us a little bit about making yeah. disciples and, and what is that? How do you, how do, you do that? So um, my pastor made a statement and I think it's one of the best statements when it comes to discipleship. Can you make a friend? You can make a disciple. Hmm. That's good. If the relationship of a friend is the same as a relationship as a disciple, you have to learn about them. You got to spend time with them. You have to pour into them. You have to take time, treasure, and talent to be a friend. Mm -hmm. It's the same with discipleship. And so a lot of people think a discipleship relationship is a, I'm your disciple maker. You're my disciple. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you everything. But... And that may be the case for some people, but typically it's a whole lot like smelling like the sheep. Hmm. What does that mean? Smelling like a shepherd. A shepherd smells like his sheep. If you're going to be a disciple maker, you've got to be close enough to the person that you're trying to bring along that people will look at you and say, you're a friend of Jesus. That's cool. Just like they did to Simon Peter. They were like, hey, you're one of his, but making disciples is all about relationship. It yeah. starts with, and and typically, sometimes, great disciples are made in crises. Yeah. Like when a disciple, when somebody is having a, a crisis of faith or something chaotic is happening in their life, and you can step in and say, hey, what can I do? How can I serve? Mm. That is the entry level to discipleship is servanthood. Yeah. If you want to make disciples, you've got to serve. And so then... You take that journey with that person, and at the end of the day, all you've got to be is one step ahead of them. It's okay if someone asks you a question that you don't know the answer to. Yeah. Like, I what love that. What does the that. Bible say about yeah. blank? Yeah. Like, you in know. the Old Testament, what does it mean that the, the priest spl- splattered the blood on the altar? Like, uh, <laughs> let me look that up for you. I don't know. I'm not, not big into the blood splattering scene. But, like, the reality of it is most people aren't going to come to the table with, Hey, tell me what this meant in the book of Leviticus. Yeah. They're not. Most people are coming to the table with, my life is a mess. There's problems going on at home. I've got this going on. And all they're looking for is somebody that can explain the peace of Jesus to them. Yeah. And that's what discipleship and the beauty of it is, is that you're trying to bring someone from point A to point B. Once you get to point B, trying to get them to point C. Yeah. And and look, there are the stories we celebrate of people that have radical immediate change. That's amazing. But there are times where discipleship can look 
like two, three, four years yeah. before something happens. I think you shared a story earlier about a teacher who saw something happen and it wasn't right away. Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is, is that Jesus came and he spent time with his disciples. He didn't just say, okay, you've seen one miracle now go do it. No, mm -hmm. he spent time with them, developing them and building them. And this is what discipleship is. And especially if you're a freshman starting a Bible club, you have three, was it three years, four years, I guess, four years of high school to build disciples. Yeah. To, to go and to say, hey, you know what? From ninth grade to 10th grade to 11th grade to 12th grade, I'm going to build a disciple. And whether it's just one person or it's multiple disciples, you're having that relationship. And I will say this, one caveat to this. Not everybody is discipleable. <laughs> and that's okay. Jesus told the disciples that if you're not welcome, dust the feet off and go to the next city. Yeah. You find a person of peace. And yes. do not try and disciple somebody that is toxic. That doesn't want to be discipled. Doesn't want to be discipled. Yeah. Because I've seen more students walk away from God because they tried to disciple the wrong person mm. instead of just saying, you know what? I'm not welcome here. Sure. So make sure that you're discipling a person of peace. Make sure that you're in relationship with them and make sure that you are just constantly trying to help them take that next step in their walk in relationship with God. That's good. So week in and week out, disciple making, what does that look like? It looks like um, if the only time that you see the people in your P7 club is during your P7 club, you're missing opportunity. Yes. Get, get you know, the people in your P7 club, if you're, you know, close with them, get them in a group chat. You don't want to blow up people's phones. Uh, but if it's right, get them, get them in a group chat, talk throughout the week. If you see them in the hall, you're walking in the hallway, give them a high five, reach out to them, have lunch with them, hang out with them on a weekend. Imagine that. Crazy, right? Yeah. But if the only time you're seeing your P7 uh, family is during your P7, that's not discipleship. No, no. That That's you growing this club of yours. Yep. Uh, but true discipleship is reaching out to them throughout the week. Yep. Uh, and this might be hard for you to hear, but the the most impactful time that they have, that they learn, may not be during your lesson. That's right. Yep. It might be. You may something. You may say something so mind blowing that 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 just changes their life, and that's great. But it might be coffee on on Saturday morning. It might be brunch uh, on an off day, not where you don't have school. Um, get involved in their lives. Yeah. Hang out at their house. You know, invite them over for dinner at your house. Make sure that it's appropriate, but but hang out with them outside of school because we're doing life with people. That's yeah. what discipleship is. Well, and I would say like. People learn by what they see. Yeah. Like most people are, I'm not saying like physically visual learners, but they see, they learn how you interact with people. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to run a P7 club, but you're bullying kids yeah. on the weekends, that's a disaster. Yeah. But if they see you walking through the school and they see that Susie dropped her books and you stopped to pick them up and to help her and to make sure she didn't get ran over in the hallway or that that Seth is walking and you know he's having an issue carrying everything and you just help him out, that right there mm -hmm. can be as powerful as somebody seeing cancer healed yeah. because they're seeing your testimony of what Jesus is just walking slowly, mm -hmm. making disciples. Because here's the reality of this. Most people that come to church that have never been to church before are coming because there is a crisis. Yeah. And if you walk slowly through the crowd, and here's what I love to see from P7 missionaries on Sunday morning and Wednesday nights. 
when they're walking and they're one of the first people to greet a guest. They're not on church staff. Mm -hmm. They're not on anything other than, hey, I want to introduce myself to you. Yeah. We recently had a family that came to our church and they had a kid who was very introverted and the kid was dealing with some stuff. Yeah. One of the first people to greet the kid wasn't pastor, wasn't me, but it was simply one of our P7 missionaries that went over and said, hi, what's your name? Mm -hmm. And that kid just was kind of like, uh, well, uh, I don't really want to talk to you. <laughs> but at the end of the day, the moment was like, it was so impactful because that's how they live their life. Mm -hmm. And it's not just for the P7 club. It's not just for the likes. It's not just for how many people we had in class, but it really is. It becomes a disciple relationship where yeah. now that student is connected to people. Yes. And it's not the outlier in the church. It's not the outlier in the youth group. They're plugged in and they're connected. Mm -hmm. And if we ever get to the mindset as, as students and P7 missionaries, that everyone, and I know we talk about the person of peace, but everyone should at least feel the touch of a missionary at least once while they're in high school. Hey, yeah. man, my name is Nathan. What's your name? Yeah. Just, just walk by, introduce yourself. And I get it. They may not be in your crowd. Yeah. But just introduce them. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus wasn't necessarily the guy that would be hanging out with the tax collectors, but he did. Yeah. And because of that, we see the, the the incredible story of Jesus making disciples. And as he's there in the Garden of Gethsemane, he is with his disciples. And while they're asleep, Jesus is praying mm -hmm. for them. Yeah. Praying that thy kingdom come, thy will be done. He's he's he, the reality of it is this, none of us are too busy to stop and to just let somebody know that we care. And that's a disciple maker relationship. Yeah. It's just saying, hey, Seth, I know that times may be tough, but man, if you ever need somebody, I'm here. Mm -hmm. And that changes everything. And that's yeah. what true discipleship looks like. If you're too busy to take time for someone on a weekend, you're too busy. Yep. If you don't have enough time to, to hang out with someone and teach a one-on-one -on -one Bible study, you got to drop something else. Yep. You, you got to quit a sport. You got to do something different because if you don't have time to make disciples, you're too busy. Um, there was a, uh, you, you mentioned uh, getting getting people plugged in and connected. Uh, one tip that I would share is when you are making uh, friends with people in your school and you're inviting them to P7, try to get them to interact with some of your other friends yeah. at church too. Great idea. Um, there, was one, there was one young lady uh, that was in a, uh, in, in a P7 club, her name was Angel, and she invited her friend Julie to attend a, um, a P7 club, and she bribed her. And she said, Julie, if you, uh, if you come to P7, I'll buy you Starbucks every time you come to P7. Whew. And so it got a little expensive for her, yeah. but every week she would, they'd go to Starbucks and she'd buy Julie Starbucks and she came to P7. Uh, long story short, Julie ended up coming to our church, getting plugged in with some of her friends. Angel backslid. And so she walked away from God. Julie stayed because she had connections already wow. with the church. Yeah. So her hope of Jesus wasn't tied into one person. Yeah. And so as as disciple makers, yes, we need to walk with these people. We need to carry that you know the the burden for them. Uh, but we are not their salvation. Right. And so bring them to yeah. you know to a youth event with you where you're going you know bowling or going out to Chick Fil A or something else, and introduce them to some of the other friends. The cool story is Angel came back to church. Julie has stayed in church. 
church. Both of them are actively serving That's in ministry. So awesome. And it's incredible to see, you know, what has what has happened because of that relationship in that P7 club. But you're, you're absolutely right. Disciple making is investing time, yep. our personal time. Yep. Sometimes, like Angel, it involves uh, personal money. Yep. I'm going to buy you lunch today. Yep. I'm going to buy you Starbucks today. Hey, would you sit down with me for a Bible study if I bought you coffee? I'm in. How much is that Bible study worth? It's is that worth, Bible study worth $6? It's worth more than that. <laughs> so like, that's what I'm saying is like, yeah. it, it's a small, sometimes a disciple, it's a, it's a small price to pay yeah. for sitting down and investing in someone. So our time, our talent, our treasure, it's an investment, yes, but it is a, it's an eternal investment that's always worth it. Yeah. And one other thing I think I'll, that I would add about discipleship is when you have a relationship with somebody and you're trying to take them, help get them to the next level. And they've identified that, hey, there's a need, I, you know, I need a savior, you know, these things. Those things are great. But it also looks a whole lot like being available at all hours of the night. <laughs> time, treasure, talent, right? Like we're talking about personal time, not church time. We're talking about not school time. I'll never forget, I got a call from a student at like three in the morning. <laughs> and I was like, this is a student i have been working with came from a rough situation and like he was my disciple. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, what's going on? And he said, man, I, I, I just, I don't feel like, you know, and a lot of mental health issues that were going on and just, just a bad situation. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget. I said, man, um, I said, what, what can I do right now? I said, do I need to drive over to pick you up? Do I, what do we need to do? And he lived like 35 minutes away. So in my mind, I'm praying like, Lord, please don't let him want me to drive. <laughs> But we just had a conversation and years later he told me, he said, man, that moment changed my life forever. Mm. He said, because I saw you cared. Yeah. Students, P7 missionaries, if someone is trying to talk to you, yeah. if they're trying and if they reach out for help, be there for them. Yes. Do not leave them high and dry mm -hmm. and say, oh, well, I'm too busy right now. Yeah. And, and and you may be too busy in that moment. Like you may be in the middle of something with your family and we get that. But like do not blow them off for a week or two just because you never know what's on the other side of that. Yes. And one other thing I will mention is is this, is that when we um, when we talk to these students and when you're, when you're trying to make disciples and when you're trying to grow a relationship with somebody, don't be afraid to put some responsibility back on them. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I see people, they like want to build a relationship and they're like, Hey, do you want to learn about the Bible? <laughs> and the person's like, well, yeah. Okay. Put a responsibility on them. Say, Hey, let's read two chapters this week together. It's cool. Let's do Good it idea. together. Yeah. Like, let's not like you don't do it and then come give me a book report. How about you come with what you learned and I'll come with what I learned. That's super cool. So just it's put involved. a, yeah, just put a responsibility on them. And if you are going to bring your disciples to youth rallies and to youth service, one thing I can't stand is when students don't set the expectation of what's going to happen. <laughs> like they're like, dude, I'm going to get him here and it's going to be epic. <laughs> Tell the student, Hey, there's going to be lively worship. We may go down to the front. Yes. You don't have to come if you don't feel comfortable. Yep. But here's what will happen. I'll be down there worshiping and just set an expectation with yes. them because That's like so good. Like nothing more than when you go to like we go to youth rallies and we see like students in the back and they're like, 
what is going on? Right They're like now? waiting for the snakes to come out, and you're like, and you're sitting there, and you're like, that's not that's not who we are. But they just may not know yes. or have been to a church like we have. So good. So just set an expectation. Like, if you want to have a friendship and a relationship afterwards, say, hey, you know what? There's going to be lively worship. There's going to be lively music. The preacher may scream. He may not. I don't know. But if he does scream, just know we won't sit in the front row so we don't get wet. Like, there's no splash zone here. Shamu's not up there. But just set an expectation with them because at the end of the day, that is true discipleship. Yeah. And the other cool part about this is is when there's real discipleship, you don't have to ever invite them to church. They're just going to come with you because they're going to want to see it, see what you experience. So good. We believe that you can make disciples. Yes. So invest in people. Invest in your time, your talent, your treasure. And always be praying, God, help me be sensitive to the people already around me. Yep. Let me be sensitive to their needs. Let me be sensitive to your spirit. Let me see people the way that you see them. And God will open the doors. Thank you so much for joining us on this P7 podcast today. We hope that you feel inspired to unlock your faith, unleash truth, elevate Christ, and serve others in your home, in your church, in your community, in your school. Uh, if you want more information about Project 7 Bible Clubs, uh, visit p7clubs.com, and we've got incredible resources ready for you.